Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I will be interviewing Rabbi Aryeh Weinstein, Shliach to Bucks County, Pennsylvania, on the topic of taking your JLI to the next level. Before we begin, I would like to thank our sponsors. I would like to thank Sponsman Jewelers, Dust Botanic Group, Gift Cards, and Ohana Pay. Please support our sponsors so they can keep this podcast going for all the shluchim. And how do you make a decision which course in the year? You were saying before how there's usually one course in the year that you put more effort in, you promote it more than all others. Right. So I look at I. It's, I mean, that's it's pretty. Uh, the, the way I decide, I determine that is simply by the course that I feel is of greatest interest to the the general demographic that attends the courses. So you know, um, you know, death. And what happens to the soul of my loved ones is uh, just, you know, an obvious one to me, at least in, in our community, I think within most communities, that people are very interested in. The Jewish course of why, which is this coming course, which is a bunch of why questions, which is also very easy to market because it's a lot of questions people have, and it's a light course. The previous course was a much heavier course. That has an appeal to a lot of other people as well, but I don't think it's as appealing, although it's very appealing. So I, I, you know, I'm pushing this course as well. Um, but then there are courses that you know have maybe it's on the profits or uh, you know other courses which are not as popular um, because they don't have as much relevance to people's lives. And I think maybe that's the key word: how relevant it is to people's lives. That's what people want more than anything else. The more relevant it is, uh, the more interested they are in it. The more spiritual it is, that gives it a big boost as well. Uh, in our community, but I think relevance is the highest um, is the highest ingredient for being for being uh, having the widest appeal. So, if there's a shliach who is starting a JLI for the first time, it's the beginning, you know, or in their, they're in their first year, let's say. What what would you recommend to them? What three areas, or where should they put their emphasis most in order to help grow their attendance? Um, I would say to make sure to put in an extra two hours into preparing um, so that you feel as fluent as you can possibly be in the, in, the, um, in the lesson and to make sure that you review in your head the concepts that you're teaching um, as, as if a student is sitting before you so you're not just thinking about it in your head, but you're thinking about how it's going to sound in their head. That's extremely important. Um, I would very uh, I would um, always encourage friends to bring friends with incentives. So um, because it's it's very hard to get friends to bring friends or friends to or people to get their friends involved in general. But a uh, in any incentive you can think of that you can use is always going to help them. So we offer a 15% discount for both the the student and their friend. So it's an incentive that I am going to say 15% and my friend will say 15%. You can do, we used to do 25%. Um, and, uh, and also, I strongly encourage friends to bring friends. So at the end of a course, when I feel that, you know, uh, you know I, and I usually feel that people enjoyed it, I remind them of how difficult it was for them to walk into the door the first time, which is the case for most people. And I said, do your friend a favor, because as much as you're getting from the course, they will. They need someone to hold their hand um, as they walk in. Do them that favor because you know that they're going to like it, and just as you're liking it. So bring that, you know, so give them that opportunity just to the first lesson. I say that the rest of it is my responsibility. 
to do a good job so that they'll so that they'll continue. And that's very very important because many people just won't come in because of the different uh, fears or misconceptions that they have. And the third thing that I would um, the third thing I would recommend is whenever when I meet people, I just did this a few days ago. Um, when I meet someone for whatever it is that they come to meet me for, after the meeting, I will say. Um, you know, we have a, this uh, fantastic course for $99, which I'm beginning of February 1st, but I want, to, I want uh, to invite you as my personal guest to this course. So it's on me. It's a $99 gift from me to you. And I give them the brochure. I explain it to them. And I've, I've had great results with that. And I've also had great results with the fact that I did that with one person who was, uh, um, you know, who was a real go-getter person. Um, and really reached out to a lot of his friends. I have a lot of continual uh, students because I did this with one person. Um, so that's another another way to to get people to come in. And one thing is very important to keep in mind, and that's the reason why I give things away for free. You have to realize that while we invest, you know, of course, twenty dollars for a student book for a student. But if you get someone, to, if someone comes into a course for free once, and they become your students. I mean, they start coming back again, even if they come once a year. They come to one more course, and let's just assume they're paying $99 for the next course. You've already made your money back and four times that. Um, and they, and your, um, your student base is broadened, which means that you are now reaching more people just by the mere fact that you have more students who are speaking about it, about your courses. So it's a worthwhile, we have to see the long term and lay out money and invest in people up front. It pays off very quickly in the JLI, in JLI courses for the future. No, I, I really like how you explain that because someone could ask, like you just answered the, the, the obvious question that someone would ask is, but wait, you know, you're, aren't we supposed to show that it's valuable, that it has a certain price tag and not just give it away? But uh, great answer. So um, another question that I think some children could have is when, they, let's say they have a, a JLI course of 20 people or 40 people, whatever the size is, and sometimes they could feel like, gosh, if I got any bigger, how would I engage the class? You know, if I had 100 people, I don't even know what I would do. You know, how would everyone be involved? I'm, I'm going to lose people because they're, gonna be, they're not going to be engaged. How did you manage with 170 people in your class, 170 students, to keep them engaged throughout the course. So, okay, the first thing, the first thing I wanted to say is that that question is a, is a very is is a question is a, is a question. It's like if there if we have the potential of reaching more people, but we're holding back from doing it because of whatever concerns we have, that's a major problem. We have to reach those students. So the question is, how should we do that? So if someone feels that they, that they don't want to teach a class with more than 40 students, teach it twice. And I used to do that. Um, the, the way I, I mean, in, in my case, I feel that time is, I mean, we know that time is a commodity that moves faster and faster and faster. We only have so many hours in every week, and there's nothing we can do about that. And so I always try and think about how I can accomplish the most in an hour. And so if I'm teaching a class and I can teach it to 50 people instead of to 20 people, I want to get as many people in that room as possible because in the same hour that I'm teaching, I'm teaching the same class or hour and a half, I'm reaching so many more people. 
That's just the way I, 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 I think. Um, I also, and as for class size, I also thrive in a larger class. I happen to be a quiet guy by nature, but I thrive in a larger class. The, uh, when you have a larger uh, uh, class, there's an energy that you feed off of that just, that just gets me, brings, brings out more from within me. And in, in fact, you know, very often I'm sure everyone experiences this, ideas come to me in the middle of the class simply because I'm, I'm, I'm functioning within a certain dynamic. So it works for me. The, the big challenge is questions. And this is actually a challenge in any size class, and actually sometimes in smaller classes um, it's an even bigger problem. But I've lim- I limit questions severely when the class is very, very big. Um, that is an issue, and there's no question that the dynamic changes and the exchange changes, and some students feel like it's less personal. But I've gotten very good feedback from students. I've asked them about this, this setting and was it too large for them, et cetera. Um, and what I plan to do in the upcoming course, which I didn't do in the last course, to address um, you know, the lack of interaction is I plan to create a, um, a like a, uh, a, a round table circle uh, from um, f- from 9 to, we have the class from 7.30 to 9. So from 9 to 9.30, I'm going to have a, a round table discussion where whoever wants to stay for another half hour can stay, and it's just questions and answers. And I'm just going to sit down and take, it, uh, take any questions. So this way, if someone really wants that personal interaction, you know, they have a, you know, an opportunity to, to, uh, um, to take that up. And I'll see how that goes. If that, uh, if that works and people are interested in that, I'll continue that. Um, yeah. I, I think that's a brilliant idea, actually. And uh, I think it would go really well um, for those who want to what, say. What, here's what, let me just make one other comment. And that is whatever our reservations are about having a larger class, we should address them. In other words, Let's come up with a solution for them instead of staying in a smaller mindset. So let's come up with a solution. So one solution is, you know, is this, is this half hour after the class, whatever it is. It may not be as good as having only 40 people in the class, but you are now having, let's say, 80 people in the class. So it, is, it may be somewhat of a trade-off, but which side is winning the trade-off? The benefit is enormous. Or create teach it three or four times. I know there are special routines teach the JLI class. Uh, I think three to, up to three times a week. Right. Yeah. No, it's interesting because I, I know it may seem like a, almost a silly question, but the fact is is that almost all of us have these kinds of thoughts, even subconsciously. We may not be thinking it, or it may even come in the form of, you know what? Look, I'm reaching 40 people in my community. This is great. You know, you know, they may, maybe it's not even. Hearing a shliach who's constantly trying to grow and to impact more people is inspiring. Just to ask the question on the flip side, what happens, you know, especially because you mentioned about the, the energy in, in a large co- course, I know this myself. When I have one course which it's packed by me um, and then the next course is, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time filling up the seats, I feel like there's a lack of energy in the room. Maybe it's only in my own head. And I feel like people themselves are like, ooh, not so many people at this, at this course. How do you counter that? What can we do to um, bring the same energy to that? That's a, that's a very good question. There's no, yeah, yeah, that as, uh, as, as, a, as the group grows, it feels emptier when you don't have your average, average size. I, I do think that the energy changes is largely in our head. Um, I think for the students, there are benefits 
to a smaller class and our benefits to a bigger class, and they're there to learn for the most part. Um, I, I think we need to bring the, uh, the, as much energy as we can to the class. We have to remind ourselves, uh, you know, during those courses that we are here to teach. We're here to teach people to We're not here to, uh, you know, to impress ourselves or impress others. And, um, you know, usually I try and, I always try and find my passion in the subject I'm teaching. No matter what the subject is, I try and find where I connect with it so I can uh, teach it passionately. Um, we had the parenting course, which was, uh, you know, I think, you, you know, across the board, very, very weak um, because that's not the normal demographic that, that uh, JLI reaches. And um, it was a small crowd. But, you know, parenting is uh, very relevant. I have kids, you know, so uh, I, 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 I did my best to put my all into it. I, I, I'm sure I was a little bit, um, my, you know, I'm sure my energy level was a little bit lower. But we bring our best to it. I, I think it's. I think you bring a, a good point when you think about passion. It's almost like that. It, most of this challenge is in that first class, the first moments of the class, how you started off. If you started off weak because it's a smaller crowd, or if you feel you need to excuse it even in your own head, that's not that's not the energy you want to bring into it. If you just start and you're passionate and you engage everyone, the course takes off and people are engaged. Yeah, and, and I would say uh, with teaching JLI for so many years, my, you know, my, I, I also have another challenge of just being passionate about it because things become routine after a while, and um, that that's a challenge. I think this is, a, this is our life challenge. You know, is always to is to always be engaged. I mean, the same with Avodah Hashem, and uh, we always uh, we always need to must you know find new ways. And and just uh, re re-inspire ourselves as to what we're doing, why we're doing, and uh, just plug ourselves back in in a strong way. Just, uh, I just thought of this question for someone who's listening, who perhaps does not teach JLI, may get the idea that JLI sort of after a while it gets stale. Personally, um, and I, I I think you would share this as well, is in my shluchos for adult education, JLI, JLI has transformed the quality classes that I give. And I'm just curious your opinion about it. Um, and for those who are listening who don't teach JLI, would you encourage them to um, bring that on into the class? There's, there's no question that um, there isn't a uh, – there, there, there is nothing I can do on my own that's going to, um, you know, other than an individual lecture maybe, which is just a one-time event that's going to bring in a crowd like JLI does. I used to prepare my own courses. It requires an enormous amount of effort, and it's never near the quality of JLI. JLI and JLI's courses have, in, have uh, improved tremendously, tremendously. I mean, they're continuously, their quality continuously improves. They have a whole team of people working on it. Uh, many, you know, uh, most of them probably uh, far far smarter than I am, but it's also a team. So you have all these different elements coming together. Um, it's 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 changed really. I would say it has. Uh, it's one of the biggest influences it's had on our shlichus in our community. Um, it reaches people that we would never otherwise reach. So I would strongly encourage people to, uh, to you know, to use the JLI courses to sign up to it if they can. Um, and I know in some very small communities it can be more of a challenge, um, but if you want a tool that's going to reach people in teaching them, 
I, you know, like like everything, if you stick at it, um, usually it will grow. So if you make a commitment to do it for maybe two or three years and continuously work at it, I think it will definitely at least compensate itself financially. And in, in a community presence and image, it will drastically uh, improve the image of a shliach or of his chabadas. Aye. Are there any last thoughts that you'd like to share with Shluchim on this topic, again, of taking their JLI to the next level? Um, I, I, there, there's another point, which is maybe for, for a, different, uh, a different conversation, but that is um, our approach to teaching. And um, taking, what, you know, taking what we have as individuals and using our, you know, the assets that we have to be as good a teacher as possible. And I think that learning how to be a good teacher not only enhances teaching, but it also enhances our speeches and it also enhances our communication with people. And the way we, um, the way we connect with people through just random questions at the last list by a Shabbos table or in other places. So I think it's a very important um, area that we need to give some focus to in order to uh, develop because part of getting a following in, uh, of students is by the students feeling that we, uh, that we understand them, that their questions resonate with us, and that our answers resonate with them. So that's, that's very important. I'm curious, are there any um, books that you've come across? I know this is not uh, for on one foot. So is there something that you've read that really helped you grow in your teaching style? I haven't. I actually, I don't think I have, I have really read books about teaching. I think it's just picking things up here and there and learning things from other people. Believe it or not, a lot of teaching doesn't have so much to do with teaching. It has to do with our attitude towards the students. So it actually has a lot, a lot to do with what a lot, a lot of us students teaches us, um, and it's something that I, you know, I, I've uh, said in a lot of workshops, and, and that is creating a safe environment. It's how the student feels um, when when they're in our, you know, when they're in our domain in our proximity um, when we're talking, and there's a way of talking in a way that um, uh, and speaking in a way that the person feels comfortable and safe and there's a way of talking where the person would feel uncomfortable and safe and the moment the person feels unsafe that is the beginning and possibly even the end of us losing them because that is pretty much most of their life and they're not looking for another place to feel unsafe at and so there's there's you know the the, the style um in how we talk and it comes a lot from the way we be, you know we we begin to um it comes from understanding understanding how the student is feeling. It's very important to understand that. And also understanding the struggles. I always check in with my students repeatedly in classes. And anyone that's listened to my classes knows this. I, you know, I always say, are you with me? Did you get what I just said? And even though I'm not getting a full sentence responses from people, I can tell from the nods of the heads if they're with me or not. And if I feel that they're not with me, it pains me terribly if I'm talking to people who I know I've lost. So I will think as hard as possible for another metaphor, another muscle, another something to bring it, you know, to, 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 to reel them back in or to anchor the point in with them. It's very important to be very in touch with the students. And, and the thing is that when we're teaching or when we're speaking, and this is a struggle for all of us, 
um, we're, we're, we, we're, we're very conscious of ourselves, and we have to, with time, this took me many, it, it took me, and I'm still on, of course, this endless journey, but um, in the beginning, I was terrible. I, I think I've, I've improved a little bit, and I'm trying to improve more and more, of losing myself in my teachings so that I, I can be with the student instead of being with myself, to be a lot less self-conscious. And it helps with nervousness as well, and it helps with just free expression. It helps with many, many things. So I, I, I just want to add that uh, JLI sends out every week um, Arya Weinstein's JLI class so that um that are preparing their class, they can listen to it. And for, for myself, it's been very beneficial. And I think that's uh, exactly what Arya is saying, is that we, could, we, we learn, it's not just from reading, but it's, sometimes it's just hearing how others um, teach their style and we can, we can learn from them. So thank you, Arya, for your time and uh, sharing your experiences and unique approach to taking our JLI to the next level. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, Adobe, and thank you for offering this podcast to Shluchem. It's a tremendous help, and I've listened to many of the podcasts, which have been very helpful to me. This is Dovi Shapiro. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you have any ideas of Shluchem to interview for next week's podcast, please let me know. Share with me the Shliach, what they have success in, and it may just become the next podcast. Secondly, I would like to say, check out our website, shluchempodcast.com to find all previous podcasts organized according to topic so you can have more atzlacha on your shlucha. Make it a great week.